My name is Joanne McIver and I am a partner in the property department of Edwin Co. The real estate sector affects us all in some shape or form. 2022, in my view, is the year that ESG and sustainability issues have and will continue to become mainstream concerns, especially in light of the UK government's net zero 2050 commitment. The property industry is responsible for 40% of greenhouse gas emissions. Over 1 billion square feet of today's office space is estimated to be below an EPC B rating. As is usually the case, it comes down to cash and who's going to pay for improving a building's green credentials, especially with landlord to tenant investment properties. Like all good relationships, communication is key and I think there has never been a greater need for landlords and tenants to collaborate and solve together the challenge of where the liability lies for improving the environmental performance of buildings. Large and publicly recognised tenants are pledging their commitment to net zero, so this will inevitably change the relationship dynamic between landlords and tenants, in that they will have to work together to achieve net zero objectives. And if they don't, by not being collaborative, tenants will simply move to new energy efficient buildings, leaving older and less ESG friendly buildings behind. So in the long term, what does that mean? What happens to those buildings? Well, it seems to me that it is a very real issue that the drive to net zero could lead to stranded assets and in turn a new class of distressed asset. Cash is king and lots of it will be needed to reshape properties to more sustainable assets. Lenders are therefore key and they are already showing a keen interest on the energy and environmental performance of their investment portfolios. We are seeing, and I think we will continue to see, funding decisions being impacted on ESG and the development of green finance mechanisms with green capex lines likely to become very commonplace. And then we have planning. The planning regime still is in a state of flux. The levelling up white paper gives a helpful narrative in explaining the future direction on policy areas that will affect the real estate sector. So housing, regeneration and planning. With the latter, there is a commitment to legislate and to introduce planning policies, such as developing models for a new infrastructure levy. Developers are very much aware that delivering the best places requires them to contribute to physical and social infrastructure. Any refreshed policy must reflect the very different development economics of different areas and buildings, because developers need to be able to deliver the physical infrastructure that they require. Too much retail space in the high street is vacant and in some parts of the country it is staying empty for longer, turning the high street into a ghost town. The reasons are well known. Changing consumer preferences, particularly the shift to online and the economics being an unsustainable tax burden, has effectively undermined retail. There were changes of course last year with the new Class E designation for town centres. This has given flexibility to changes of use on the high street without needing planning permission and the changes to permitted development have led to major changes on the high street. But it's not enough, and that's clearly recognised by government. The British Property Federation issued the Town Centre Investment Zones Policy Proposal. It outlines key proposals on how tax incentives, planning flexibility, licensing flexibility for pubs and entertainment venues, and funding to help, for example, improve parking and electric vehicle charging infrastructure could all be used to stimulate regeneration on the High Street. I think we should all look forward to seeing how these proposals are received and what emerges.